Well, that was an amazing acting crew right there. That, uh, I just want to say that if we start. Uh, but the idea behind that bumper is this. What if you were preparing for people and they showed up before you thought they were going to arrive? What if they're already here? Well, Next is Now is the title of the series because sometimes we think about that, uh, we think that way when we think about students, when we think about children's ministry and other things. We think, well, one day, you know, we have some students that are coming. One day they'll get involved in the church and other things. No, they're involved right now. And I want you to meet our new student minister, Rob Cox. He's here with me today. He's going to do some- Good morning, church. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. we have these chairs. Yeah, well, there we go. Yeah, uh, they, to sit down? yeah <laughs> they don't applaud that way when I come out. Anyway, the, um, <laughs> so I'm glad you're applying for him. But Rob's here to help me with this because, Rob, this is our conviction that students aren't just people who will be involved in the church someday. They're involved right now. They're involved right now. Matter of fact, some of them I know are down here in our kids' wing serving right now. So awesome when you think about it that they're active in our church right now. Yeah, and so today I want to give us a vision for the future right now, because we have some amazing young men and women involved in our church. And I want you to pray with me right now that God is going to not just move through our church someday, but he's preparing the next generation right here, right now. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you that Rob's here with me and Lord, people can get to meet him a little bit today. I want some of his passion to rub off on all of us. And Lord, I thank you that you have blessed us with lots of young men and women in this church. And Father, we're not going to wait to teach them about Jesus someday. We're not going to wait to get them involved in serving till someday. We're not going to wait to disciple them to be godly leaders someday. We're going to disciple them and train them and teach them right now. Because you've given them gifts and you've given them abilities. You have given them opportunities right now. So, Lord, I just pray uh, that you'll open our eyes to that. Pray that you'll move Rob and I out of the way. Speak to us, Lord. Teach us whatever you want us to hear from your word today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Point A on your outline. If you're joining us online, just go to centeringlives.com. You can pull, out, pull down a message outline of where we're going. But Paul equipped uh, his young disciple, Timothy, for ministry because he believed Timothy was ready, able, and willing when the Apostle Paul traveled on his missionary journeys on one of the stops that he made, there was a young man, he probably was 17 or 18 years old when he met Paul, got involved in the ministry, gave his life to the Lord, and Paul invested in him and sent him out to do ministry. Well, he was still very young, and here's what he told Timothy. He said, don't let anyone, this is from uh, 1 Timothy 4, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all the believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers, and teaching them. Don't neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you, and give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. I mean, Paul was writing to a very young man whom he had discipled, and he said, I'm pouring into you and I'm putting you in charge. Well, he was still young. And if you look at the next point in your outline, at center point, we believe the next generation of young disciples like Timothy are ready, able, and willing to do ministry right now. And that's your conviction too. When we interviewed you for this, you believe that young men and women are ready to do ministry right now. Yes, they're called right where they are right now, just as you and I are called. They are called right now. 
And why not put them to work? Imagine the influence they can make. They see a whole lot more people than we do as adults. And so it would be a mission field or a wasted opportunity if we didn't send them to the schools, didn't send them out into the world to do ministry, not when they grow up, not when they get old enough, but to do it right now. And that's my goal here. Your students, wake up students, you're about to do ministry right now. Man. I'm glad you're here. Anyway, I, I can okay. talk a lot and you can yeah, talk okay. a lot. We might be here a while. Yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> but uh, why don't you tell us, Rob, a little bit about yourself. You were, uh, you were involved with the uh, University of Arkansas Razorbacks football team, right? Yes, I was a long snapper there. And uh, after that? After that, I became a coach. Uh, you want me to just? Yeah, keep going. <laughs> okay. uh, I was a coach's kid, uh, raised up coach's kid. Uh, actually became a coach because of my dad. I saw the impact that he could make on young people. Uh, and so I said one night uh, when, when he was in his coaching office talking to a kid, I was like, I was listening in on what the story was, and it was a sad story, but my dad was an influential part of that guy's life. And I was like, I'm going to be that one day. I'm going to make an impact on young people one day, just like my dad. And so I uh, played football in college. Uh, well, was on the team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I got the gear. I got the gear. Uh, I, I need to pass some out here in Alabama, get some Razorbacks going, but uh, became a coach. Why are you going to mess up a good thing? I mean, we're fine here. We're going to make it better. Okay. Yeah, anyway, gonna, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, be, became that coach and uh, was actually on my dad's staff for four years. Uh, eventually became a defensive coordinator for him. And then uh, a small 3A school called me and said, hey, uh, we want you to come be our head coach. And I was 26 and I was like, man, this is blessings all around. So let's go do that. Uh, I was like, no way would I hire a 26-year-old to be the head coach? But anyway, they're hiring me. Let's go. So, so, so I go. And uh, through that and through God working in my life and through the church, through being involved in the church, uh, I knew that wasn't what I was supposed to do. I was like, I've reached the pinnacle now. I've got it made. And hold on, God, there's something else that you're supposed to do. And, and through going to church camp and uh, uh, serving in church, God told me exactly what I needed to do. And then uh, it just an overwhelming peace came about me when I was leading a young man to the Lord, I knew right then, I was like, I need to do this every day. And so I go in to tell my football team after I surrendered to the ministry, I told my church, I was like, hey, no phones, no social media posts, don't tell anybody because I got 40 something young men that I have to tell first. And so they respected that. And I go in, I'm nervous. I'm like, I'm about to tell these kids I'm surrendering to ministry and they have no idea what that means. They probably think that their coach is going to quit and leave. And so I get done telling them, and the kids were like, they like knew it already. And matter of fact, this one kid, Zeb, a uh, great kid, he comes up to me right after as we're going to practice. He says, coach, I knew you was going to be a preacher a long time ago. <laughs> and so it was just a reaffirming by God that, hey, you're doing what you're called to do. And through a course of events, I actually leave coaching going to full-time ministry. And five years later, here we are. Yeah. There's, there's more to the story, but we don't have time. But, uh, and, uh, but God's been pulling Rob toward this, preparing him for this, but he's not just preparing Rob. In fact, Rob, your conviction is that he's preparing young men and women right now the same way he prepared you through all the things he took you through. He's preparing them the same way. Yes, and it's important as a church that uh, it's, it's our job, and I know we're going to get to that, but it's just our job as pastors, as staff, to equip them to be ready. And I fully believe this, that young people don't know that they can do ministry right now simply because we're not telling them that they can do ministry right now. And it's our job that we, and I say all of us, not only our pastors, but our parents, um, 
It's our job together to tell them, to equip them, to encourage them. Hmm. Point one on your B1 on your outline, God loves to use young people to accomplish his purposes. That's why Paul wrote Timothy, he said, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Don't ever get in your head that you got to be 35 to be useful for the kingdom. You do have to be 35 to be president. You got to be 21 in order to buy alcohol. You got to be 18 in order to vote. You got to be 16 in order to drive. To be used by God, no such limitations, none. In fact, I want to remind you that David, when he killed Goliath, was a teenager. He was a teenager. In fact, this is, we're jumping in the conversation right before he's out to, going out to fight Goliath in that battle with a slingshot and a stone. He's talking to King Saul about going out there because the, Goliath had insulted God and the army was, nobody in the army was willing to face him. And David said, I'll go. Here's what he told King Saul. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. You're just a teenager. And he's been a man of war since his youth. But listen to what David said. David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. The animal turns on me. I catch it by the jaw and club it to death tough kid. Okay. Anyway, I've done this to both lions and bears. I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. He was 15, 16. And he's not the only one. Remember where at Christmas we read about Gabriel appearing to Mary. There's no Bible commentary that I can find that says she was older than 17. She was somewhere between 14 and 17 years old. Mary, the mother of Jesus. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to her and said, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. And she was just a young girl. God didn't wait till they were 35. God used him right then. And that's your conviction. Yeah, and, and real simple, uh, I've got it highlighted here in my outline uh, when it's talking about David and that you're only a boy. David responds with something that uh, a lot of times we don't afford our teenagers, our kids, uh, opportunities. And he says, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. His father, now I'm not recommending you send your kids to the zoo to fight lions and tigers and bears. Okay, I'm not going to recommend that. Oh my. Anyway, some of y'all got that. Uh, but he was given an opportunity by his dad to go out there and actually do life, to actually do the things that he was called to do. And, and so uh, dad gave him the opportunity, and he's like, hey, this is nothing. Uh, and in that, David experienced who God was and how big God was. God knew that he had rescued him from here, and now he's like, this guy, I've been fighting lions and bears. This is, this is nothing. Uh, it's because David was given an opportunity to trust in God. Yeah, I mean, so when you coach football, did you have some of the guys on your high school team go on to play in college? Uh, yes, and so just to liken it to this, imagine this, if you're a sports person uh, and you want to go to college and you are gifted and able to do that and you're going to go play D1 for University of Alabama uh, and that's what you <laughs> want to do, or Auburn. Steve, yeah, there we go, all right. Uh, you can say it, it's but, okay. Okay, it's 
hard to say. Uh, I promise I wouldn't say those things. Yeah. Uh, but imagine that and your coach telling you, hey, we're going to practice up. We're going to show you all the videos and, and, and we're just going to practice a whole lot. Uh, but you're not going to actually play until you get to college. Nick Saban would look at you like, you need to fire that coach. What are you doing? No, they put them in the game right now. And it's our responsibility as a church, as parents, is to not only a, a let a kid put the jersey on, but to let them get in the game. Too many times we say, hey, sit over here, watch us grown folks do church. Watch us serve in the church. And then one day when you grow up and you realize, hey, I hadn't been in church in so long, but now I have kids, what am I supposed to do? Well, let's go back to church and let our kids watch us do church. No, 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 no. I say this a lot, that my biggest fear as a youth pastor is that we're raising up a generation of young people that is worshiping the God of their parents and not their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's my scare, and it's my burden and my conviction that I change that and say, no, 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 you have a Savior too. His name is Jesus. He's your king too. And why not serve him right now? Yeah, because this is your church. Yeah. It's our church. It's not mom's church or grandma's church. It's your church too. Yeah. Now, let me give a live application for all of us. Remember, God could use David and Mary when they were just teenagers. Well, he can use people of all ages. I don't want you to be here today. We'll go, well, God only uses young people. Glad he uses them, but me, I'm too old. Well, listen to the other side of this. Moses was leading the nation of Israel, and he was 120 years old when he died. And he had just handed off the reins to Joshua. So he had been leading God's people till he was 120. Yet his eyesight was clear, and he was as strong as ever. And then we talked about Mary having a baby. She was going to give birth to Jesus. Well, her relative Elizabeth also gave birth to a miraculous baby, John the Baptist. But Elizabeth wasn't a teenager also. Elizabeth was old. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. And while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, he was a priest doing his duty in the, in the temple there, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, and the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you're to name him John, John the Baptist, and you'll have great joy and gladness, and you'll rejoice at his birth, for he'll be great in the eyes of the Lord. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he'll prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. So, God, so today, if you are here and you're between the ages of 15 and 120, God can use you. We're going to use you. Yeah. So this is important for us. And sometimes when you're talking about being used, it was funny, you and I were brainstorming us. What could you imagine somebody, let's say somebody is even a senior citizen, how could they be involved in student ministry? Well, first of all, I do want to point out that nowhere in the word of God is there a retirement clause for us. It's, it doesn't exist, okay? Uh, we're supposed to always be serving until one day we get to meet King Jesus. Uh, but just as simple as this, uh, my dream, I, it's like I see these beautiful, this beautiful facility, and I don't know the history yet, of, but this is awesome, uh, to where you guys came from to hear the story. But it's just my dream as a youth pastor to have somebody's grandma out at the front door, and the kids are just lined up on Wednesday nights and can't wait to get the hug from Grandma Joan or whoever it is, right? But just can't wait. And that's how they serve is just simply open a door. I know everybody in here probably opened a door, right? Whether it's your car door, your house door, opening the kids' door, yelling at them, get ready for church, whatever it is. If you can open a door, I don't care what age you are, you can serve in student ministry. It's that easy. Yeah, and I mean, it brings back memories. My mom, after 
uh, all of our, her kids were gone. I was number six. So after I left and everybody was gone from my mom and dad's uh, farm, uh, my mom just decided she wanted to do something special. She, and she signed up to drive a school bus for the local school district. And she loved uh, to drive. Uh, she had a, a CDL and would love to be able to go and put that to use. And so she would go around picking up kids in all these farms out in the rural areas in Kansas and bring them to school every day. And she made a list of those kids and she would pray for them by name all the time. After, when she passed away at her funeral, one of the people that came up to me and said, I was a kid riding your mom's school bus. I want to tell you how much your mom meant to me. Because my mom would check on them when they were sick and she would talk to their parents and she'd find out how they were doing. And she loved it. By driving a school bus, somebody could open the door. All of it matters. This is our church and God loves to use people of all ages for his purposes. If this is good news to you this morning, would you say amen? Amen. Well, the second thing we want to bring up this morning is that God wants young men and women to live out their faith publicly as powerful examples of Christ-centered lives, what they look like. I mean, when we say at center point, hey, we center lives on Christ, we want people to worship Jesus, to come to Jesus, to serve Jesus. Well, young people can be powerful examples of this. Uh, Paul wrote Timothy. He said, look, Timothy, not only do I want you not to be uh, letting anybody intimidate you because you're young, I want you to be an example to all the believers in what you say and the way you live and your love and your faith and your purity. Throw yourself into the task so that everyone will see your progress. Paul wanted Timothy to put on display his love, his faith, his purity, and his progress. Let people see you growing. Worship Jesus and let them see you do it. I mean, man, that's a powerful witness. And think about David and Mary again. David, after he talked to Saul and Saul said, okay, go out there and fight him. <coughs> well, he came out there and, the, and Goliath was laughing, going, why are you sending out a boy? He said, come over here, boy, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to feed your body to the birds. And here's what David said. David replied to the Philistine, look, you come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And today the Lord will conquer you and the whole world will know. Listen to this. The whole world will know that there is a God in Israel and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. Never think the story of David and Goliath is a story about how sometimes little guys win the battle. It's a story of how the whole world will know that there's a God who rescues his people who are faithful to him. Amen. And David was a teenager. The story is, shows it that he ran toward Goliath with the sling and the stone. Mary, when the angel told her, you're going to have a baby. And she goes, I've never even been with a man. I'm not married. How's this going to happen? And he said, this is going to be a miracle performed through the Holy Spirit. Here's what Mary says. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And Mary knew that when she was great with child, everyone would be talking about what an immoral, trashy woman she was. Her friends would, her relatives would, people were going to reject her. Joseph, at first, when he found out she was pregnant, wanted to put her away secretly. He didn't know what to think of it until Gabriel appeared to him in a dream. So you have a young teenage boy running right at a giant problem that adults all around him, his own brothers aren't willing to face. You have a young teenage girl who's willing to do what God wants, even if her friends laugh at her because of her faith. 
The kind of people we want to raise up here in this church aren't just people who are nominal Christians. We want to raise up Christians who are examples of love and faith and purity and progress. If that's good news for you today, would you say amen? Amen. I mean, this is true. Yeah, this is true. This is just a byproduct of actually putting them in the game, giving them the opportunity. Then they become the examples. And I know a lot of you are sitting here saying, hey, that's great that Paul wrote to Timothy about those things. Well, verse 11 says this, teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Timothy was charged to go and teach all these things. So it's not just Paul talking to Timothy. It's for all of us. This is what we're supposed to do and to be examples. And I just love how the uh, scripture there started out. First uh, Samuel, or, or yeah, it says, be an example to all believers. So no matter your age, no matter whether you're down here as a uh, servant uh, or actually a kid down here in the kid's wing or uh, you guys in here, we are to be examples to each other to build up each other, to encourage each other. And I just, there's this story I want to tell you guys this morning about this girl named Kayla. She is probably, I would, her maturity, spiritual maturity, I would put it up against anybody in the room right now, including myself and our lead pastor. This girl, she is so on fire for God. Her name's Kayla Brown. And uh, she was one of my youth, uh, my previous church. And now she's driving a car now. Wow. Uh, but anyways, Kayla, sweet little girl. But my goodness, you know that she's a Christian. You know she has faith. You know that she knows there's a God in Israel. And so there was a moment in our church where she was an example. She was, she publicly displayed her faith big time. Uh, there was a night at our church, there was a testimonial type Bible study. We were sitting around, we're just talking how God has been at work in your life. And everybody's kind of being an example, sharing how God, and it's encouraging. And then Kayla speaks up. You know, right for a moment, it was just the adults speaking up. Nobody asked Kayla to speak up, but she said, God, this is my moment. She spoke up and talked about how her dad had, as she was young, passed away of a heart attack in his sleep. She lost her dad. And then how she actually grew to kind of be angry at God just a little bit. And then it was through the prayer and encouragement of others around the church and how God sent her stepdad into her life. You talk about some tears in the room. She was an example to everybody. There was grown men weeping because of her testimony, because of her example, is because they knew there is a God in Israel. They knew it. And it was a young girl that displayed that publicly. That was a great example. Mm. That can be our young people today. They can be great testimonies, living testimonies today, not someday, today, they can do that. I mean, think of David, a teenage boy, doing things nobody in the army, the army had been in a standoff against the Philistines for 40 days, Goliath had been challenging people, nobody stepped forward, a teenage boy stepped out and set the example. Mary was chosen by God, as was Elizabeth, to be shining examples of this is what God can do. There's a real God, and I hope you will agree with me that chances are with the direction where our culture's going, to be a Christian is going to take more courage a few years from now than it does right now, that we need to raise up young men and women of conviction and courage who will run right at the opportunities God has given us, who will stand up for what's right, even if their friends and family make fun of them. That's Mary. That's Joseph. 
And we believe there are lots of wonderful, strong young men and women that God has brought to our church right now who can do the same thing. Now, let me broaden it for all of us again. Here's a life application for every one of us here. God wants all of us to live out our faith in Jesus publicly. I mean, that's great for David. That's great for Mary. That's great for Elizabeth. What about you and me? Listen to this verse, Matthew 5. Jesus was talking to his disciples. He said, you are the light of the world. You're like a city on a hilltop that can't be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. I mean, that's the kind of Christians we want to raise up here. Yeah, uh, a lot of times we're, we're put under baskets. We got a lot of secret service Christians uh, floating around. Uh, nobody really knows who they are. Uh, we're, supposed to be, we're supposed to be out there, and you guys are laughing because you know exactly who you are, right? <laughs> right? Uh, we've all been there. We've all missed opportunities before. Uh, but there's something that, that I want to tell you today, and if you're writing stuff down, you can write this down. There's a difference between wearing a cross whether it be on your T-shirt, your jewelry, whatever, putting artwork, a bunch of, you walk into somebody's house and they got the cross wall. Have you ever seen the cross wall? Uh, it's just crosses everywhere. It's like one wasn't enough. But there's a difference between wearing a cross and taking up your cross. There's a difference. You can say you're a Christian, you can wear the T-shirts, you can go to church and you can go to the concerts and you can do all that stuff. But there's a difference between actually getting into the game and taking up that cross and scripture actually tells us to take up the cross daily. There's no off days. It's daily. We're to be an example daily. And that's all of us. And so at our church, we want to help people learn how to read the Bible, learn how to pray, learn how to serve, use their spiritual gifts. And we'll talk about that in a second. We want to teach people how to share their faith. And that's people of all ages. God has a plan for each one of us. God has placed us where we are. And he has important ministry for us to do. Right where we are. Now, last point here is that God gives us a spiritual gifts and he gives gifts to young men and women so they can do their part in building up the church. We talked about this before. There's no age limit on this. When Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, don't neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. When the Holy Spirit comes into us, the Holy Spirit manifests himself in wonderful ways. One of the ways that he does this is he gives us the abilities to do certain things well. In fact, Paul talks about this in Romans 12. He says, in, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. If God's given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. That's for kids too. Yes, uh, and, and it's important. You just mentioned it just a second ago, and I don't know if anybody else called it, but it's taking more and more courage every single day to be a Christian. It's taking more and more. And so Paul's writing this letter. The context of it is he's writing it because there's false teachers, and he's telling Timothy, hey, you need to go out and teach. It's our job to teach the young people today because guess what? There are false teachers in our society, and it's our job to build up the church, it says in point three there, is that we all have spiritual gifts. We all do. And I love how it says here, so that they can do their part. Everybody has a part to do. Everybody. You're, you're not immune to serving in ministry. You're not immune. You have a part to do in this. In fact, inside your bulletin, uh, you prepared a little list for us of areas to serve in student ministry. If I could ask you to pull this out, just take a look at it for a little bit. Uh, on here... 
you believe that there are a lot of people that could do these things right now, right here, that if they just were willing to take the chance, you'd be willing to help show them how to do that, right? Yes, absolutely. I would love to show you that you can serve in student ministry. You can serve in kids ministry. You can serve in any ministry we have in this church. It's just about being ready, willing, and able, right? And as we described earlier, I think everybody in the room is able. You can hold a door open, right? <laughs> that means you can serve. You can do it. You can make an impact right now. And you even had an interesting little quote under Connect Group Leader. Why was that important to you? Why don't you just read that quote? It was very important because some people think that serving in student ministry is like overwhelming. Oh my goodness, they're seventh graders. <laughs> they're here, they're running, there's pizza. Uh, I can't do this, right? And then you think it's too hard to do, like, uh, and, and specifically connect group leaders. I'm just going to tell you now, I'm going to be, uh, if, if Rob is walking towards you, you might want to run. Because uh, I am recruiting connect group leaders. This is, you, you were their, like, read the description there. You, you were going to be like their pastor for that small group. And here's why a lot of us don't serve at all. It's because we wish that we could do all these great things and big things. And we, then we think, oh, we're not gifted and able to do those things. Uh, that we don't have the tools. Well, I'll tell you this. Number one, I will train you. We, we will train you. Okay. <laughs> we will do that. If you just are willing to serve, we'll train you. But it was very important, and I put in bold, is that just do for a few. Do for a few what you wish you could do for many. Just do for a few. And you're going to make an a eternal impact in somebody's life by doing that. It's amazing to see God work. But there's a quote here, and I'm just going to read it for us. Do you want to know the best thing that my small group leader ever did? This was from a high school girl in a survey. It says this, back in fifth grade, I was really nervous about a test, and I mentioned it in small group. Then the night before the test, my mom said, hey, you got a phone call. It was my small group leader calling. She had called to tell me that she was thinking about and praying for me that she thought I would do great on the test. This is from a high school graduating senior, and she remembers something that happened in fifth grade that was such an impact to her because she knew somebody cared. So simple. Here's my qualifications for uh, connect group leaders. Y'all ready? Write these down. They're profound. Number one, show up. Number two, text them on their birthday. That's it. I know y'all were waiting for something big. That's, that's it. It's that simple. And I'm encouraging you today, church, to think about it, to pray about it that you can make an impact, whether it be a door holder, whether it's serving pizza. My goodness, we had somebody call this week, uh, Summer Bash, said, hey, can we come help serve food? I was like, matter of fact, we need somebody. Uh, yes, you're, you're actually in charge now, uh, <laughs> right? But here is the, uh, I don't even know if she's here this morning, Madeline, I, I don't know if she's here. Uh, the next night she calls and says, hey, can I bring my parents to help serve too? Wow. Wow, she made an impact just through getting in there and seeing how easy it was and said, hey, somebody else can come help me do this because I don't want to be in charge by myself. I, that's probably what she said. Uh, <laughs> but she came and she brought others to serve just like that, crazy. And she made an impact just by serving food. And so if you want to serve on a worship team or serve in the, behind the scenes, we would love to put you in the game. Oh, yeah. Put you in the game. There's an important note here. Our staff has a responsibility of equipping believers, equipping believers of all ages for ministry. 
Never ever think that we brought Rob on our staff so you can watch him go work with students and go, wow, look how good Rob is. I mean, he is going to work with students, but a big part of his job, the biggest part of his job is equipping as many as God calls to this, equip people to, to do ministry. And we've all been given spiritual gifts and we use those things. It's like using muscles. It feels good. That's why we want kids to experience it. That's why we want older adults to experience it. We want everybody to experience it. Listen to what Paul wrote about this. This is the same guy who wrote Timothy is writing this uh, to the church in Ephesus where Timothy was. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Listen to this. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, build up the church, the body of Christ. Now, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we'll be mature in the Lord measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So in student ministry, we want to train students to lead and use their gifts. We want to train volunteers to lead and use their gifts. We want to come alongside parents and help them parent, right? Yes. Yeah, so it would be naive as, for me as a youth pastor to think that I can change their life in the 52 weeks, one hour, two hours a week, about 52 hours that I have with them a year. You parents have a whole lot more time with them than I do. So I'm going to be partnering with you, and I hope that you expect that and challenge me and text me and say, hey, Rob, can you help me? And I'm going to be texting you and calling, and calling you and say, hey, can you help me? Your yeah, kid is acting a heathen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, though, <laughs> right? But we, we are a team. We are a team. So, so view me as coming alongside you as a helper uh, to help grow, help mature your young Christian in your house. Yeah. Now, here's a life application for all of us again, that God has given me spiritual gifts so I can do my part in building up the church. And if you're sitting here today going, look, I don't have kids in high school. My kids graduated a long time ago, or I'm 22. I'm not going to have a student for, I don't even know when I'll get married or if even if I'll have kids. I mean, this doesn't have anything to do with me. This is all nice. This doesn't have anything to do with me. Let me read another scripture here that should be blanket enough for all of us. This is Luke 10, 2. The harvest is great, but the workers are few, so pray. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. If I'm talking today up here with, together with Rob, and you're sitting there going, yeah, I mean, okay, John, I came here for a message for me. The future of the church doesn't concern me. If, you, if that thought has entered your head, shame on you. God would be glad to have this place packed I mean, the devil would be glad to have his place packed every Sunday right now. If 20 years from now, all of us have died off and Costco buys this as a retail outlet. That's a big box. It'll work. The only way there's going to be a generation of people expanding the ministry, carrying on the ministry 20 years from now is if we're investing in the next generation right now. And the very minimum that all of us need to be doing is praying about this. The very minimum. Praying for what? Praying that God will raise up leaders among the students. Praying that God will raise up volunteer leaders to come alongside you. Praying that God will empower this man and the other staff people we have that are working with us. Praying that God will show us the spiritual gifts and give us opportunities to put these kids in play. That God will bring families to us that he wants here. We can pray all the time, the very minimum. And so 
I'm going to give you the last word, and you better use it because I always get it. Anyway, um, (laughs) but I would love for you to just take advantage to lead us in some prayer. Okay. Well, real quick, I just want to challenge our church here this morning. Oh, boy, he doesn't get up. I want to challenge to change our paradigm of what student ministry is, change the way we look at student ministry. A lot of people view it, and I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of people view it, and if this is you, I'm purposely stepping on your toes. We're going to change it today. Right over here, we have free babysitting. That's the first thing you think of. Wednesday nights, we get a two-hour date night. We're just going to drop our kid off, and we're gone, and we could care less what really happens, right? We, we've all been there, okay? What's in it for us? What's me? And, and really not investing and really thinking about what's at stake here. Every Wednesday night when I get on stage, it's important to me that I'm prayed up. Here's why. Because souls are in the balance. There's young people right here in the balance. There's some here this morning. So I just want to challenge you real quick. And teenagers, um, please help me out here, okay? You know, uh, if you were here at Summer Bash, you know I like to be awkward. We're going to have awkward moments, and that's okay. A lot of good things come from awkward moments. But if you're a teenager, if you're in student ministry, if you would, just stand up for me. Just, just, just so we can see. If you're just a teenager here in the, in the room, just, just stand up. And I'm not going to ask you to talk. Just, we got teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stay, just stay standing. It's not going to be too awkward for you. I'm not going to ask you to speak or share a story. But a lot of people, this is our view of student ministry. This is it. Guess what? They're here with us this morning, right? They're here right now. They're not here 20 years from now. They're right now. They're sitting here right now. And a lot of people, this is our view of it. But I'm going to challenge you. It is going to be my desire, my passion. You're going to see me all the time. And I'm going to change that for this church. And hopefully we change the world around us right here starting in Prattville. But if you feel that this isn't just student ministry, if you feel like we all have a part in playing for this, the least that we can do is pray for the harvest. I want you just to stand up. If you think youth ministry is important to you, stand up. You see how the vision just changed? The paradigm of youth ministry just changed? We all have a part. We all have gifts. And it's not just what they do on Wednesday nights. You can come hold a door. You can serve pizza. You can pray. You can help lead in a band. You can help back there. And all while doing that, Using your gifts, you develop relationships with young people. And here is a fear of mine, is that we don't have enough people around when a kid comes up to say, hey, how do I I know how to go to heaven? Who is Jesus? That we don't have somebody around to talk to him. So I want to challenge you this morning. If you want to serve in youth ministry, I'm, I'm going to put you to work. We will train you and equip you. But real quick, I'm just going to pray over student ministry right now that it be this and not just the students. It will be all of us, that we all have gifts. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this church. We thank you for this beautiful facility that we get to do ministry in. We thank you for your word. And I just pray that through us, through all of us right here, that we can change lives, that we can cause revival right here in our young people to impact a generation far into the future. That we can empower young people to serve. That we can empower volunteers to serve. 
all for your honor and your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah.